0: Welcome to Visma ski Classics podcast, Levinio to Levin. Visma Ski Classics is the long-distance ski championships with 12 Pro Tour events and 35 Pro teams, bringing professional and recreational skiers together. We will analyze the events on the Tour, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. All right, folks, once again, it's time for Livinio to Levy podcast. And I have a really, really cool guest this time around, Ida Dahl from Team Ramudden. Young lady who performed so well this season, and it's really nice to have her here. So it's good to have you here, Ida. Uh,
1: Thank you. It feels good to be here.
0: So Ida, how have you been? I know you've been studying quite hard, correct?
1: Uh, That's right. I've been studying pretty much last month, but uh, now I'm hopefully done with that, so I can just focus on my training.
0: What have you been studying, if I may ask?
1: Uh, I'm studying to an engineer, so I have like done some extra courses now uh, during the spring. So uh, yeah, it's been Pretty much, but now I'm done, so that feels great.
0: (laughs) Are you saying you're done completely? You are graduating or you just done for the season, for the semester? No,
1: no, just done for this this year. So uh, uh, I have four years left, so (laughs) it's a pretty long way.
0: (laughs) That is a long way, but uh, you said engineering. So what's kind of your dream occupation once you uh, graduate?
1: Mm, I don't know. Actually, I haven't uh, thought about it so much. It's, uh, I just think about it as a good ed- education and many job opportunities. So, uh, But I don't know what, what I want to do when I'm done, but hopefully I will. that will clear out.
0: <laughs> don't you have any kind of idea, like maybe uh, some professions that might be a little bit more of interest to you?
1: no i don't know actually i mean as an engineer you can do mostly anything (laughs) uh i mean most companies have some kind of engineers so uh, i mean of course it would be fun to be at some company that has something to do with training or something like that but i don't know we will just see
0: (laughs) And where do you where do you study
1: uh, I'm studying in uh, at Umio University, so uh, uh, yeah, it's working pretty good.
0: I assume it's been pretty much virtual, the, you know, this spring. Virtual uh, studying.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, almost everything. So for me, that's kind of perfect. <laughs> uh, so uh, I hope to it will continue to be easy to do. Th- stuff like from home and on distance and so, so, but uh, we will see.
0: That's probably a good combination for, for an athlete that you can actually study at home and then kind of schedule your trainings. I believe it works pretty well, correct?
1: Yeah, uh, that's right. It works very good when you can do it like that and uh, you don't have to meet so many people all the time and you can sit at home and do it when you have the time. So yeah, that's really good.
0: Generally speaking. How difficult is it really to do both study full time and be a full time athlete and have a goals uh, in both areas?
1: Uh yeah, sometimes it's really hard. I mean, you want to perform in both the education and the skiing. Uh, so uh it's always you always have to find like a balance between them and that can be really hard sometimes. Uh but uh, I try and like to do when I'm out training, I just try to focus on that and what I'm going to do there. And then when I'm home and sitting with my studies uh, and study, I just focus on that. So I have to like, yeah, when you just uh, do the, the other thing, you have to just not think about like school or training when you do the other. So then I think it works pretty good.
0: But on the other hand, it gives you kind of an uh, an option to focus on two different things that can then kind of balance each other up a little bit, correct?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if I wouldn't have had anything else but skiing, you have uh, pretty much time uh, during the day. So uh, for me, it's kind of good to have something more than just the skiing, I think, uh, as long as it not get like it's not begin to be too much then but it's it's about finding that balance i think so
0: i think this is kind of a good lead or segue into uh, your story who is ida dal and then of course we'll talk about the skiing but let's go back uh, to your childhood how did you gonna get involved in skiing and who were you when you were younger
1: uh, yeah i think it's mostly my mom who liked skiing so She was the one who took me and my sister out to Sya club uh, that I skied for then. We were a pretty big uh, group of children. So, yeah, we just started training there. And it, of course, was most for fun and like friends and stuff. So it was when you were like 15 or 16 or something when you started to go to school with uh, uh, or started gymnasium with... uh, other kids that also skied it got more serious obviously so yeah but before that i were not such a good skier <laughs> i just did it for fun and you know played football and gymnastics and stuff so uh yeah
0: <laughs> that's kind of interesting that you actually didn't do that well in skiing but when did you kind of realize that this is something i can do i have a knack for it
1: mm. I mean, I think like the first year in when you go to gymnasium, uh, I it went pretty good, and obviously before that I felt like okay, it's it's skiing I want to do, and so I chose that. But I wasn't like really really good at it. It was most because I thought it was very fun. So, but in the first year in school there in Järpen where I went. Uh, It went really good and you know you started to really believe that maybe i could be really good someday (laughs) so yeah
0: and what was it about skiing that you found so fascinating
1: i mean it's always just up to me when you play football or something you're you're your team and that's really fun too but it's like everyone in the team has to be good <laughs> to win. <laughs> so, will, and in skiing, it's like, it's just me. So I can't like be angry at someone else because they didn't do good enough. Uh, it's only me that I can be angry about. And uh, that felt pretty good. I don't know. I just like skiing, you know, be being out and training long hours and <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: But then again, long distance skiing and Visma Ski Classics is becoming more of a team sport. We have teams and a team is around you and you work together as a team. So there's a bit of that element in long distance skiing.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course you work as a team and uh, that's really fun. Uh, I mean, when you're you're out on the the tour, uh, it's just really fun to be out with a team and that you're doing stuff together and that you can achieve stuff together as well. But I mean, it's also an individual sport and, uh, it's like kind of both, <laughs> but, and I really like that. So,
0: And why long distance skiing? You and Jenny, uh, joined the, uh, the team Ramuden uh, this year, but why long distance skiing? What's so great about it?
1: Um, I think it started because I wanted to try something new and, uh, Then when I got the opportunity to compete with Ramadan, I thought that I couldn't say no, so uh, and I have never regretted it. I think it's super fun and it's like another kind of uh, the traditional races in Sweden, I mean I know I can like go 10k without a problem but, you know, to ski like four to nine miles it's an other experience and I don't know it's like <laughs> I, don't, I don't know it's just another kind of uh, I don't know the word but <laughs> you you
0: ca- you kind of get into this zone you know it, I know the, I know the feeling what you're talking yeah, about it's the...
1: it's like you achieve something more than just like a competition and when you get to the finish line if there's Feels so much bigger than to just yeah I went five kilometers today and yeah that was fun. Now it's like when you cross the finish line at like Barcelona, it's like I made it. I actually made it. <laughs> so yeah, it's another feeling. Just
0: okay. So you started at certain age when you were the at the high in high school, then got into skiing. But what? else do you enjoy? I mean what other hobbies do you have besides now skiing which is very serious and professional in your case and of course your studies uh, you're becoming an engineer. What else takes place in your life?
1: Oh just like during the winter and the spring now it's mostly just skiing and school actually. <laughs> I don't have time for so much else but uh, and now during the summer I mean of course I want to like meet friends and stuff like that but most of the time it's like you go training and then you have to relax and maybe train some more and everything is just about skiing but I don't know sometimes I like to play golf (laughs) not so much but uh, I go with my parents or friends sometimes uh, and that's it's really fun when it goes good. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's interesting. That's very different from skiing.
1: Yeah, in maybe that's why I like it sometimes to just do something else that has nothing to do with skiing.
0: So what about killing time, assuming you, you sometimes have to kill time? So do you read books, watch Netflix, movies, uh, do cooking, some hobbies? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I mean, I think maybe watch some... serious, serious, watching Netflix or something like that. And uh, yeah, maybe baking sometimes, but not so often. And uh, uh, and now during the summer, I hope the sun will be be out, so I I can go for a bath or something.
0: (laughs) Speaking of Netflix uh, or TV shows, do you have uh, your favorite that you could mention?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think I have watched Friends like five times now (laughs) and uh, Modern Family. I mostly watch uh, like fun movies or series. Yeah, not like so dark. I don't like that. (laughs) So like uh, like
0: sitcoms and comedies and, and, and those kind of things.
1: Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, maybe the those and how I met your mother and Big Bang Theory and all those <laughs> that I think everyone has seen by now. <laughs> when I found something, I'll find something that I like, I like to watch it five or six times in a row, so <laughs> I'm not so good at like finding new <laughs> movies and stuff.
0: <laughs> what about music? What kind of music do you listen to? Do you listen to music when you train? his Anders Nijgård likes mu- all kinds of music, but he said he never listens to, uh, to music when he trains, but some people do. Myself, for example, I always listen to music. I think it's a good kind of a, you know, spot to, to focus on music as well. But w- what do you do?
1: Uh, yeah, when I'm out running, uh, I can listen to music, but when I roller ski, I almost never listen to anything. Uh, it's just if I'm like running or I'm at a gym, maybe. But n- n- not not otherwise.
0: So Ida, going back to the last season, this past past one interesting one. It was a the 10th anniversary season, but then again, three races were cancelled. It was a bit short, not not that short though. We had nine nine events, but when you go back. It was amazing year for you, fourth places and so forth. But what's your take on the whole season? Your first uh, one in Wismaski <laughs> Classics.
1: Yeah, no, it was an amazing season. And uh, I was pretty shocked myself when it started to go so well <laughs> after Christmas and New Year. Uh, I mean, in Levinjo and Benosta, I... I was pretty satisfied. I mean, I wanted more, but I couldn't be unhappy with the races because I had then done everything I could at the time. So when we came back after the Christmas break and I was fourth in Kaiser, I was like, what? <laughs> but of course I was really, really happy with that race. And I don't know, then I just continue and it just continued to go very good, so yeah. That was really, really good. Really nice and really fun.
0: But did you ever get a little bit bummed out that you went on the podium? It was so close.
1: Yeah, I mean, of course, I wanted to be on the podium. Uh, I mean, everyone does, but I couldn't be not happy with the races because it was just so much better than I ever expected. So no, I have never been, like, not happy about that I didn't get on the podium. But, of course, the next season, I... I want to get up there.
0: <laughs> when you started out, I mean, this season, do you recall your kind of thoughts and the expectations that you had back then before the first race, before Livigno? And then how much did they change during the uh, the course of the, the season?
1: Uh, before those races, I was like, okay, if I'm top 10, I'm going to be really, really happy and that was very much just about learning and like, you know, you watch Lena and try to do a little bit like her and yeah, just see how everything was working out there. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to have expectations when you have like never been in like some kind of situation like that. But as I said, like top 10, then I would be really happy and uh, of course, it had changed when it started to go really good, and I was like fourth and fifth and sixth. It was like okay, now now I want to up on the podium, but I knew it was really hard. I mean, the skiers that I ski with is like really really good. So, uh, but of course, my expectation on on myself also got higher when it went so good. So, uh, yeah, when. Like when we started Valsaloppet, it was like, okay, today I want to be top five. Uh, so, yeah, of course it, it changed during the winter.
0: Since you raised the bar and you said your own expectations got higher, did you ever feel a bit nervous that you felt a little bit of a pressure on your shoulders?
1: Mm, no, actually I didn't. I mean, I think it's easy to start feeling pressure Uh when it goes really good and uh, I mean I got of course I got nervous in uh, before the races and stuff but it was not like I felt that I had to do good uh, it was more like I knew that if I have a good day today I know I can be like up there and competing for a podium and that was just a very satisfying feeling but you never know you know when you start a race uh, it can be a really good day or a really bad day. So, actually, it didn't feel like the pressure that I had to do good. I just try to have, you know, fun when I ski and just do my best every time. And we will just have to see how, how long that that will take me.
0: And which one of these races that you did uh, was your favourite and why?
1: I mean, of course, Vasa is very special. Uh, it's so much people and... Uh, it's in Sweden, so of course you want to do good there. But I think actually Kaiser is the one that I'm I like the most. Uh, it's a really fun course, and uh, it was like the first race that I understood that okay, uh, I can good, do really good in this. So uh, it was like an eye opener. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I think I think Kaiser.
0: Speaking of the courses and Wismaski Classics, what type of course fits you the best?
1: Uh, I think it's the course where, where it is a little bit of everything, like Kaiser and uh, Giselska. Uh, I really like those courses, like both uphill and downhill and flat and everything. So uh, when it happens very much during the race, I really like that and I think it's fit me pretty good.
0: And what about your double polling? Do you feel that you're strong enough or is that something you need to put more focus on come uh, the next season?
1: Of course, it's something that I need to develop. Uh, I mean, I think I have very much to still develop in the double polling and uh, I'm going to work really hard during the summer to to do that. So (laughs) I just hope... Rek, can help with help me with that.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about the summer and training. You just mentioned that you have started training because you've been studying so much uh, lately, but now you have time to start your serious training. Mm. Could you yeah. please shed a little bit of light on, on on your training kind of methods, your your program? How do you how do you sort of uh, do you have a kind of a rhythm in your Training schedule, so to speak.
1: I mean, I just started now, but uh, for this season, I'm gonna have Matthias Reck as a trainer. Yeah, we have started to like train once a day instead of like two, like normally when you're a, a cross country skier, you train you train like two hours in the morning and two two hours in the afternoon. Uh, now instead, we train like one session in the morning. That's like three to Four hours, maybe, and uh, have a lot of uh, impulses and uh, intervals in the in those hours. Uh, so that's a big change for me, and some explosive strength, of course, uh, to yeah develop my <laughs> my uh, sprint uh, and uh, yeah. <laughs> so we will see.
0: That is an interesting shift. Uh- training once a day uh, versus twice a day but where is that philosophy training philosophy uh, uh, based upon?
1: Matthias Eck is now, or he is <laughs> and training for cycling teams and stuff so I think he's getting most of his training philosophy from the cycling uh, and now we just have taken some ideas from from them and like trying to do a little bit more like that so uh and my teammate Max have been training like that like that for over a year and it has went very well for him and I've started to try it out like uh, around Christmas and I mean after that it went really good for me too so now I'm gonna really go for it this year and see if it can helped me to get even better then, so yeah.
0: How does it feel actually? Because you have to do longer trainings, but then again, you have the rest of the day off. Unlike when you do two trainings a day, you always kind of have to be prepared for the next one.
1: Yeah, no, I really like it. It's like you do your training in the morning and then you have the whole day to recover or do other stuff. And uh, I really like it and uh, also I mean to train f- 4 hours or maybe more in like one session is pretty much but you also get very much recovered to your next session and uh, uh I like I feel really recovered uh, always to the next day so I think that is really good actually yeah you never know how you will react when you when you try something new so we will see <laughs>
0: What else has Matthias Reck brought into the picture coming from the cycling world, knowing that circuit inside out? And is there anything that has maybe been a little bit surprising besides training once a day?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, our intervals is often more like short intervals. Otherwise you maybe go 10 to 20 minutes in one interval and you do, do that like five times or something. Uh, now it's more like you go 30 seconds and then you rest 15 seconds maybe, and you go like that for like 10 minutes. So you can go like harder on 30 seconds and then rest for 15 or something. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit shorter intervals, but you go for like 10 minutes and you just go around like that more impulses than I have been doing before. So.
0: So a lot of focus on the explosiveness.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Then your team, you mentioned uh, earlier that when you started out, we're kind of looking upon, Lena uh, Lina Kusgren being the, the leader. So what have you learned from her? Vasa Lopez winner and an amazing skier and definitely a good uh, team leader.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Uh, I mean, she's a very calm person and, uh, uh, just really wise <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, uh, I feel really calm when I'm with her and, uh, around competition and stuff, she's, I mean, of course she gets ner- nervous too, but she's like, feels really secure all the time. And, uh, I just think that when she feels very secure and calm, it like spread. Uh, it's that spreads along with us others. So, uh, very much just about that. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you just follow her and like try to do a like, little bit like her all the time. But I don't know actually what else that, <laughs> that I have learned exactly.
0: <laughs> Being around you guys I and mean, throughout the season, I did so many interviews with you guys. and But I could sense it that there was a really good team spirit within you guys and uh, some kind of unity that was uh, really tangible. <laughs> but can you just, you know, say a little bit more about that? I mean, how come you guys were so unified, so to speak?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we really like being out there together, and we have really fun together. Uh, I, it's very much about just letting everyone be themselves and like learn how how everyone works. Before we went out, we like sat down and discussed how we wanted to that everything was going to go and you know if someone was annoyed by something you should take it up and we discussed stuff like that very much and uh, i think it has really worked so uh yeah (laughs) maybe something like that
0: we had gustav uh, as our guest early on in the season and he said you know that he takes care of everything the waxing and all that so that you guys don't have to worry about it. And I assume that that must have been incredible that someone is making sure that everything is pretty much set for you guys before a race.
1: Yeah, uh, of course. I mean, he's done an amazing job and we have never, we never had to think about our skis and everything. It's always just ready when we want to ski and to the competitions it's, He's like just stand there at the start with the skis, and <laughs> all we have to do is like go fast. <laughs> so he makes it very easy for us, and uh, that feels really, really great. And um, it couldn't, he couldn't do it any better, I think. I mean, he's he's doing it really, really great. So I'm really thankful for, for that.
0: Also last season was really interesting because it was pretty much the rise of, of, of youth. You guys did so well, not just you but so many other young or new faces in Visma Ski Classics. When you think about it, what do you think is the reason for it? That this particular year was quite amazing in terms of young skiers and young talent being out there performing well.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean it's just the whole visma has grown, you know, bigger and bigger during the, the years. And maybe when someone just starts to, some young skiers just start, I mean, of course, more young skiers will come. I mean, many of my friends that do traditional skiing is like asking and seeing how fun we have and becoming more interested. So, and when they see that, how how good it went it's yeah they they want to try it out too so maybe something like that
0: (laughs) and most likely you guys will continue doing well next season and yeah from years onwards Yeah, hopefully (laughs) but next let's talk about uh, the future and the future of your future and the skiing but before that uh, let's give it a stage, a chance to uh, your uh, team director, pro team director, Gustav Kossgren. And uh, let's find out what he
2: wants to say about you. Ida Dahl is uh, very dedicated to the sport. When she called me up it's about one year ago and asked if she can join Iman Ahmed then, I directly heard on her voice and what she said in like one minute that uh, she is really dedicated and want to be one of the top skiers in the female competition. She has a long way, of course, but uh, what she did this winter really uh, it started in Diagonella. And she surprised, I think, everyone and especially herself. Uh, hopefully she will get into the same zone this year, but, you know, it gets up and down, but uh, she's uh, really did- dedicated and it won't be a surprise if she gets on the podium, just not once, but uh, twice and three times maybe this year. Uh, she's uh, really long lasting. She never gives up. Uh, from the beginning of the season, we was talking about that she didn't get the top speed. She was um, far behind really after a couple of kilometers, but uh, she has been training on that since Christmas. She took a huge step just to be in the bunch, with the women's bunch in the first 10 kilometers. Then she just like uh, this Duracell rabbit, she just go, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then, yeah, it seems like she's going faster and faster in the competitions.
0: The future, it's always open. We never know what's going to happen. And particularly in these days, uh, everything's pretty much up in the air. The immediate future, what are you hoping to see taking place this this fall, this winter, the next season?
1: Um, of course, I hope that we can go some of the roller ski competitions. That would be great. And uh, that next season will continue as before it's really insecure right now and uh, yeah no one can tell I guess but hopefully it will just be like normal but yeah
0: you mentioned roller skiing that is a good point uh, good that you brought it up because we don't know for sure if we can have roller ski races but generally speaking what is the importance of roller ski ski races I know as a training method it's uh, absolutely pivotal but as a uh, as racing, how do you feel about racing? Some Most athletes do that all the time. Some don't do that at all.
1: I really like competing during the summer too. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's really, I mean, that's why I train <laughs> because I want to race. So uh, I think it's really fun. And, you know, like you said, an opportunity to get a really good training. Uh, and... Uh, I don't see the reason why you shouldn't.
0: (laughs) But generally speaking, do you think that we should put even more focus on roller ski races and make them more carnivals? We have the world tour, you know, and things like that. The classics, uh, which now is canceled, of course. But, or do you just see it more like it's just a fun thing to do, a training method?
1: Um, What I'm trying to say
0: is that, do you think that it can develop into a kind of a sport of its own?
1: Yeah, I think of course it can Uh, and uh, of course it can be even bigger and uh, but for me it's more like I want to go races because I want to have something to look forward to. For me I think it would be more like a good training because you know during the summer you want to (laughs) train as most as possible and maybe you don't have the roller skis competition in the focus is Focus, it's not like you want to be the best in the summer because uh, you're still training very much, but it's a really good training session to do. Of course, there is people maybe that can uh, really look at the roller skiing as the focus. And uh, so, of course, I think it can be get even bigger.
0: And now you can get even points for, uh, for the Pro Tour, Wismas Classics Pro Tour, because some of the roller ski races are our challengers events, yeah. and if you win a race like that, you get 50 points.
1: Yeah. Do you think it's yeah, a good idea? That's really good.
0: <laughs> you like the idea?
1: Yeah, I really like the idea. Uh, I mean, maybe that gets more of the uh, athletes to compete in the summer, and uh, that's really fun. So, yeah, I like the idea.
0: And then, of course, the next season. Roller skiing is one thing, but we're all focusing on the new season, season 11, 21 your hopes for that and your goals
1: Um, I'm really looking forward to it you know like this year when I'm training already now to just double polling and uh, uh, if I look at the past season that went very good I mean I hope I'm going to be on the podium someday uh, maybe next season so uh, of course that'll one of my goals to to just climb up there <laughs> and uh, yeah, develop as a skier and uh, I'm really looking for, forward to it.
0: What things do you need to develop besides double polling?
1: Uh I think I'm gonna need to be to get a little bit faster. You know, when you come into the finish line to develop my sprint uh, and uh, get more explosive uh, so i think that it's going to be things that i'm going to work on this summer yeah
0: <laughs> and what are your strengths if those are the things they need to work on what are your sort of best qualities
1: i mean i'm i can go like really long i have like uh, a speed that i can have like all the time so you say in in Sweden seg. I don't know I don't know the, the English word. <laughs> but uh,
0: uh, So you're kinda of like a diesel engine. You never get tired.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little bit like that.
0: What else besides that that you can go on you have to have more than that because you've done so well.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not so good at pointing out. A lot my, of people can go long, but they still <laughs> uh maybe that and the mentally decides to okay i'm gonna i'm not gonna let this person go you know when you're in lying behind someone and uh, just to mentally decide for that even though everything in your body is hurting but uh, of course that is a strength maybe (laughs)
0: Let's speak about that, the mental side of things, because that is important in long-distance skiing. And you kind of referred to that uh, at the beginning when, it's, when you said that that was kind of the aspect that l- lured you into long-distance skiing. But the the mental strength mm-hmm. for an athlete, how would you describe that? What kind of a mental capacity do you need to uh, possess? I
1: mean, in just skiing generally, gener- it's like, of course, you need to be able to push yourself really, really hard. And uh, uh, I mean, you had to be really strong mentally to do that. When your whole body is like screaming no, and you're like, Oh, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) So uh, that's a big factor. And in like Visma, when we start together all the time, it's very much about, you know, places and, okay, where is everyone and very much like that. So you have to think very much more during these kind of races than individual races. Uh, So that's a really big part and that can be really mentally sometimes.
0: (laughs) Can you train your mental capacity? Can you improve it?
1: Yeah, of course you can. And I think the best training is like to go the races. Uh, for me you like learn a lot from the races so like my first races i was really li- really nervous because we were so many at the si- same time and stuff like that and yeah where i'm gonna be in the the clan where where we go and uh, after a while you get like more calmed down and like okay you don't have to be like first all the time you can you can like maybe three or four persons back and just, yeah, take it easy. And of course it's, you can always be better. Uh, So, yeah.
0: So basically what you're saying is that through experience you get mentally stronger.
1: Yeah, I think so for me actually. Uh, But then I mean, many people take help from mental coaches and stuff. I'm not right now, but maybe that could be something to do in the future, yeah.
0: key Classics, lots of things are always happening. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, last season was the 10th anniversary one. Next uh, season, we will have the, uh, the Grand class, Classics, you know, the great big, big four races. And Marit Björgen is coming back, making a comeback. <laughs> how do you feel yeah. about that?
1: Uh, no, it's really fun. <laughs> it will be inspired to meet her. And uh, yeah, we will see how, how good she is.
0: <laughs> do you think you'll be able to beat her?
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how much she's training right now, but of course she's, if she's started a competition, I think she's going to be really good. So <laughs> I think it could be hard, uh, but I'm going to try my best.
0: <laughs> and then what about the other uh, new thing that I just mentioned, the Grand Classics, the four big races, kind of like the Grand Slam of this Ski Classics, more uh, money, more points for you guys, the big four.
1: Yeah. Uh, that was a really good and fun surprise, actually. It makes it a little bit bigger just around these four competitions. And, uh, yeah, really fun. And I mean, of course, someday maybe. Someday I hope that, that I can be the one to, to win those four. But, yeah, really fun.
0: Is there anything else that you'd like to see taking place or developing in this Ski Classics? I mean, it is constantly renewing itself and new things are coming, but anything that you would like to see taking place Um, in this Muskie Classics?
1: I mean, I've just started, so everything is very new for me all the time, (laughs) but so I haven't thought about something that I, like, want to see, but just maybe that you make this team competition a little bit bigger uh, or make that, like, gets a bigger part, you know, to get the teams to be more like a team, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, I mean, for us that do Visma, uh, I everyone know what that team competition is, but I don't know if everyone at home really, really knows uh, about that really so much. So to just uh, talk about, more about that maybe and make that to a bigger part of, of the competition.
0: That is a good suggestion. It's once again an, a, a step kind of like uh, in cycling world where the teams, we don't have national teams in, in cycling. We have uh, pro teams, uh, yeah. much like we have in skiing. But you're right. I mean, of course, that's a good good sort of a next step. Uh, anything else you feel? And oh, no, of course, you didn't have a chance to do the three last races. So I guess that could be kind of a goal for you, to just to do the races and experience the... Uh, uh, the three last races?
1: Uh, yeah, or actually, I went those three races last year. So I have tried every race now.
0: <laughs> oh, you did? And, okay, uh, good.
1: Uh, so, but I really, really like those three races. So I was really sad when we couldn't go them, but hopefully for next year, then.
0: <laughs> What's What was your sort of take on, on those three? I think it's good to give a little bit of a space for them because they, those were the cancelled ones, uh, but it's good to promote the, those uh, three races as well. Uh, yeah. in the classic race, a two races in Norway, and then of course Ullaslevi in Finland. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean they are a little bit different from the other races. They at least Birken and race I mean they very they are very very hard, and for me, I probably would have go with go with skis so it's a little bit different from the others which is fun too and uh, they go at really nice places so it's just really beautiful competitions too and uh, uh, just Birken is like very much people around and very many people that cheering you on when you go to come to Sjusjön and so so it's a really fun competition.
0: And Reisterlöpe, is that really the toughest race in the circuit?
1: Yeah, I would say so. Oh, um, it's most with the most uphills, but I would say that I was more tired maybe of the Vosselepet. It's you go for a longer time, and it's it's really hard in that way. But racelepet is of course maybe tougher. there. more altitude or what do you say? <laughs>
0: lot of climbs.
1: Yeah, lot of climbs.
0: <laughs> Slevi anything you want to say about that?
1: Also a very beautiful competition and it is, I think, three pretty hard climbs and uh, in between it's pretty flat. So you have a little bit of everything, which is really fun. And it was a really, really beautiful race, too. So I really liked it also.
0: They are indeed great races, your future. We talked about future next season, this Classic's future, but your long term future. You kind of mentioned or hinted at winning all the big four. Is that (laughs) your actual goal?
1: Of course. Uh, I mean, of course you're going to try to to be so good that you can win all those four. So maybe someday, maybe not next year. I don't know. (laughs) But I will, of course, I will just try.
0: (laughs) And then next year. Do you have the whole? Is the whole season your goal, or do you have individual races that you put a little bit more focus on?
1: Mm, No, more like the whole season, Uh, and uh, I want to like do do good all season and win the pink bib next year too uh, is one goal, of course. So, and then of course Vasa Loppet is a little extra special (laughs) since it's in Sweden and stuff. So, of of course I'll. I'm going to focus maybe a little more about that.
0: Since you mentioned that, that it's a little bit special because Vasa Loppet's in, in Sweden, but it is the only race, Swedish race, uh, in Visma Classics. We used to have Orefels Loppet. Would you be happy to see more races from your country being part of Visma Classics, um, the pro tour? Yeah,
1: of course. There is many good races, so that would be fun. Uh, the races is down in, in Italy, and so they are really really nice too. So, uh, and it's really fun to be down there and ski. Uh, yeah, but maybe, maybe one more race in Sweden would be fun.
0: We'll see if that happens, but if you think about the kind of the upcoming, the the young talent, even people that are younger than you are still kind of looking at this, uh, option opportunity to be in long distance skiing, what kind of advice would you give to them early on?
1: Uh, I think that it's not dangerous to try (laughs) and just because you like try long distance skiing doesn't mean that you can't can go ordinary skiing or like traditional skiing so for many it feels like they have to do one thing or the other but I mean if you want you can go do both (laughs) so try and see if it's something that you like before you like say Yes or no. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: how can we get more women? I mean, it's getting better all the time. You guys stepped in and it's definitely getting much, much stronger the the, the, the female field. But still, we can always get more.
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's hard, but to just let women into the teams like now when you have to have two girls in the team uh, to be registered, is really good. I think that you really like give the opportunity to the girls too. Uh, and uh, it's hard. It's a difficult question. So uh, I don't know, actually.
0: <laughs> Good. And as a last question before I let you go and start training, I think you're pretty much done with your studies now. And then what about the regular folks, young people? How do we get this more young people? I'm not talking about elite skiers, pro skiers. Generally speaking, how do we attract more youngsters just to participate in these races
1: much of that i think is when you start like high school or something the only focus in high school when you go like cross-country skiing is just on traditional skiing so maybe if you're already there could choose what you want to do uh, because you really don't get the opportunity there to choose there's just the only way is to or the, like traditional skiing way. So maybe if the schools start to like give the, the younger skiers the opportunity to like train more for long distance skiing and stuff that maybe the interest also will increase. It's maybe a little bit hard to get them to change.
0: <laughs> Thank you Ida for uh, being our guest today. And I wish you good luck. Uh, for your training and i'm pretty sure you will be doing extremely well uh, next winter (laughs) yeah thank you this podcast is a w sports media production